Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where in the world you happen to be. Welcome to another episode of Global Lithium Q&A. Today I have a guest that I'm going to be asking some questions about how he feels about different aspects of the battery supply chain in 2020. My guest is Jose Hoffer, formerly of SQM, where he had a role in business intelligence, and now he has moved on to a senior analyst position at Benchmark. Jose was a little miffed that he was unable to be in LA for episode 53 that we recorded with some of the other Benchmark team. So I decided it might be a good opportunity to give him a solo performance on Global Lithium Q&A. Welcome to the podcast, Jose. Well, uh, hi, Joe. Uh, first of all, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Uh, I know that there's a lot of interest in <clears throat> in each each episode. I'm I'm a big fan as well, so it's a pleasure to be here. I know that there are many many interesting people in the lithium market that. Uh, follow you episode after episode so I'm gonna try to do my best and I hope you like my view on the market and especially what's what's uh, been expected for next year Jose since you are relatively new to the industry uh, might be appropriate to have you do a little bit of a self-introduction if you just want to tell the listeners uh, who you are and what you do, that would probably be helpful. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jose Hofer. I'm a senior analyst uh, working for Benchmark Mineral Intelligence uh, at our forecasting unit. What I basically do is market analysis and business intelligence for uh, lithium, graphite, cobalt, and uh, Hopefully nickel in the next next uh, next issue. We publish uh, uh, quarterly updates on the critical elements that go into the lithium-ion battery, and we certainly have a lot of uh, good, very good analysis for for those elements. Before that, I used to be the business intelligence for business intelligence manager for SQM at the commercial area for two, two and a half years. Jose, when I uh, spoke to you about uh, what I had in mind for this episode, I, I told you I was going to give you a relatively free hand to kind of pick uh, 2020's topics and how you wanted to go through them. So why don't you just kind of set the stage for what you'd like to talk about and uh, then we'll get into it from there. So for for this Q&A session, I think uh, we should uh, focus the, the discussion based on, on, on five very important topics. Huh? And the first one is electric vehicles and lithium demand. Um, I think there are pretty interesting news on on uh, how the lithium demand is evolving and especially driven by what we have seen uh, in terms of electric vehicle sales um, surprisingly in, in, in China and in Europe. The second topic is 
how uh, producers have managed, I mean, recent producers have managed to ramp up in the last uh, 12 to 24 months and um, how the historic producers have uh, been able to to fulfill their expansion plans. Uh, then as a third point, uh, maybe we should talk a little bit about prices, uh, uh, price trends, maybe for next year and margins. And the last two topics, I think, would be conversion capacity. And finally, we have to talk a little bit about South America and recent political news. Okay, Jose, it sounds like you know where you want to take us. So I'm just going to get out of the way and let you go ahead and uh, talk about those five areas. And then I will uh, come on at the end and uh, kind of sum things up. Thanks. Well, first of all, let me start with electric vehicle sales, uh, panorama and, and, uh, and lithium demand. Um, even though demand for this year didn't reach the, the, the figures that were expected in 2018, we still see a pretty, pretty healthy and pretty reasonable uh, numbers. Demand for 2019 is certainly going to be above 315, 315, 1,000 metric tons LCE for this year, um, which is equivalent to 18% growth, 118, and, uh, which is below what was expected, but it's still reasonable. And uh, for next year, we expect growth in, in, in levels of around uh, 65 to 75,000, which accounts for a growth rate of 20, 20, 22, 24%. So we're pretty much optimistic. And, um, and we're... Mm, we're um, spending a lot of energy monitoring what's happening with electric vehicle sales. I mean, the numbers of this year are mainly driven by two surprises. People sometimes forget what's happening with, uh, with electric vehicle sales in Europe. So we have uh, on one side uh, the effects of uh, cutting subsidies in China. Uh, if you were tracking the evolution of sales, uh, June was Pretty, pretty good month uh, for China, around 150,000 units were sold, and then from a sudden it dropped to half of that number and it stayed the same uh, until November and, and might, might end up with a result of almost the same number of electric vehicles sold as last year, around uh, 1.1 1, 1 million. Something uh, the complete opposite is happening in, in, in Europe, uh, Europe as a whole. In Europe, so that you know, is almost doubling, uh, according to our forecast, what was sold in 2018, so it's a big surprise. In 2019, we expect that this number, uh, that the Europe sales uh, will account more or less 60% of the sales in China, so it's, a, it's quite a big number. 
and uh, we expect similar trends for for next year in Europe. Uh, for China, well, China will have to monitor the the effects of uh, subsequent uh, cut in 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 subsidies. But we're not uh, as pessimistic as some other analysts. For the supply, um, in two thousand nineteen, we we've seen that the market is uh, has an excess of supply. Um, in terms of market balance, yeah? even though that uh, excessive supply is not as important as it used to be in 2018, as you might remember, in 2018 we had around 45 to to 50,000 metric tons LCE um, of excess supply. We believe that 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 number is going to be um, is going to be more or less similar between 2019 and 2020. So as as opposed to the vision that many many analysts have in the market that's extremely oversupply, you have to be uh, very careful about who's going to produce, who's going to convert that material in uh, into what grade they're going to convert the material. Um, in terms of projects. Um, some of the projects that enter in, in 2017 uh, the market and are responsible for the excess of supply have more or less reached a steady state. For example, uh, Mount, Mount Marion or Mount Caitlin. Uh, something very different has happened with the projects that entered in the last quarter of 2018, like Pilbara Minerals and, and Altura Mining. They're doing a somehow successful uh, ramp up uh, there's there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of uh, production to be increased there and of course we always monitor green bushes and and uh, the production of the solars in, in in South America but uh, there haven't been many surprises in South America but uh, I mean uh, Excluding SQM, SQM has been able to increase their production. Probably this year they may end up with uh, above fifty-five thousand metric tons uh, being being exported. And for the next years, um, uh, I think that the the amount of projects that have secured funding. That is, projects that are highly probable are mm, are not so so impressive. That list is not that impressive. I mean, certainly there are interesting projects like Lithium Americas that uh, will enter production in first half of two thousand twenty-one. Something similar happens with uh, uh, Sigma Lithium. If I, I remember correctly, they're going to produce around 180,000 metric tons of spodumene concentrate, which is around 20,000 of LC, 20,000 metric tons of LCE, which is a considerable quantity. Uh, but um, many, many, many projects are in the stage of having their pre-feasibility study, their definite feasibility study, or PEA, or, and, and, and many others in, in the early exploration stages. But there aren't a huge list of projects in the category where they have uh, secured financing. Well, 
Price is a very delicate issue and has been affecting investment for for the for 2019 quite quite a lot now. Um, if you track prices from beginning of 2019, well, the the main the, the biggest drops have been lithium carbonate and lithium hydroxide for for China. Nevertheless, what we believe is that prices might be bottoming out. And the main reason is that a situation of low prices for Australian producers and Chinese converters is, is quite uh, not sustainable. If you consider, for example, uh, the average price of technical grade uh, uh, in between 6000 and $7,000 uh, per metric ton, or uh, average price of uh, battery grade uh, around 8000 in China, it's it, it, it's a very tight situation in terms of margins. You have to consider that there's a gap of around $2,000 per metric ton in, in, in OPEX between green bushes and, and an average Australian producer. And that's not even accounting for the CAPEX, the, the capital repayment, and, and the royalties as well. So it's a very complicated situation, and we do not believe that's sustainable uh, for the next... 20, 20 months or so. Uh, nevertheless, prices uh, outside China might be uh, decreasing and, and even narrowing to, to what is expected with, with the prices within China. For, the, for South America, the situation is quite different. Uh, producers from the Atacama, they they have an advantage in terms of cost for the production of carbonate, and today at the level of prices they have seen uh, uh, certainly a, a big reduction in in the royalties. Huh? Um, so a situation of, of low prices and, and, and big quantities, it's 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 sustainable for for them and quite attractive. Yeah? For Argentinian brands, well, Argentinian brands, they have, uh, and people tend to forget this thing, they have great quality uh, resources and they are not subjected to, to the, 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 the royalty schemes that, that, that operate in Chile. And, uh, and, and, and the, the impressive thing is that there is a huge amount of investment despite of any political uh, situation, as opposed to Chile, where not not due to the current events, but this has been for quite a quite a while. Eh? Um, investment in investing in, in mining has become very very difficult. So, under that scope, Argentina is is a very attractive place to to invest today. Well, Joe, um, I would like to thank you again for the opportunity of being in your Q&A session. And uh, hopefully it helps to clarify questions uh, regarding in, in the lithium market. And uh, good luck with the episode. Cheers. I want to thank Jose for taking the time to be on this podcast, giving us his thoughts. Uh, I am in pretty much alignment with the broad concepts he talked about. Um, any 
buddy that's been in this business a while uh, is, you know, if you talk, if you talk to another person with a, you know, some level of expertise, you're not going to agree about everything, but I think in general terms, um, my thoughts on the fact we're near the bottom now, echo Jose's echo what, what Simon and his team said on episode 53 of the global lithium podcast echo what Chris Berry, who was recently on this podcast, think we all tend to think we're at or near the bottom. We don't know how long the bottom is going to, we're, we're going to scrape along the bottom before uh, things tick upward. But again, there's pretty much consensus that this, the, uh, movement towards uh, electrification is happening. Uh, timing's still a bit uncertain, but I'll go back to what Jose said about uh, 2020 demand being up 65 to 75,000 tons uh, off a 315,000 ton base. That is major growth. And I think everybody would say it's, it's before really the hockey stick happens. So uh, 2020, it's going to be probably a very strong year. But it's still the calm before the storm when uh, electrification really takes off. Uh, I also uh, would echo his comments on the financing challenges that juniors have, and and you know how that is impacting uh, lithium that's in the ground from uh, becoming battery quality materials. And then I also uh, would harken back to his uh, comment that. Uh, the low pricing isn't sustainable for the long term simply because the high cost guys right now have very tight or in some cases, I would say non-existent margins uh, where, where the low end of pricing has, has gotten to. So, um, you know, they if, if you're going to grow uh, your capacity to meet the growing demand, you have to be making a profit or you don't have money to invest. And I think. Jose covered it well, and I don't need to just simply uh, repeat what he says, but uh, I do think that uh, he covered all five of his points pretty well. So I'm going to just say as we move into the Christmas season, and yes, I say Christmas, not holiday season, because uh, I really don't pander to the politically correct people who think you can't say Christmas anymore. So uh I may or may not have another episode on before Christmas. If I don't, I will say Merry Christmas. And that doesn't mean I don't respect the traditions of friends of mine that are Buddhist or Muslim or any other uh, way of thinking. Uh, but uh, I happen to be Christian, so I'm going to say Merry Christmas. Uh, I will be doing uh, less of the Global Lithium podcast in 2020, probably a lot less of the Global Lithium Podcast in 2020. I do intend to start another long-form podcast that will uh, have a rotating guest host. I uh, haven't really finalized my plans on that, but uh, it's not that the Global Lithium Podcast, as it is now, will end. It just there won't be nearly as many of them out there. I uh, will continue to do Q&A just because it's uh, it's short, it's easy to do. And uh, I think with the feedback I'm getting, there's a, a real subset 
of the Global Lithium Podcast audience that prefers the the shorter version. So with that, I'm going to say uh, thanks for listening, and uh, I will see you next time. This has been another episode of Global Lithium Q&A. For more on the lithium industry, you can follow me on Twitter, at Global Lithium, on LinkedIn, where I've published more than 100 articles on the lithium space, or at www.lithiumpodcast.com for the Global Lithium Podcast, which I co-host with Emily Hirsch, and it's also available on most major podcast outlets. Once again, thanks for listening.